Healing from Within with your host, Tony Valen. Hello, and welcome to Healing from Within with Tony Valen. You can find our show on our website, TonyValenRadio.com. You can also find us on YouTube. Just search Tony Valen Radio. I created this show to present people that are able to help provide healing physically, mentally, emotionally, uh, helping us through the human experience that we all call life. The people that have been guests on this show are here to tell a story, their story. When you listen to their story, you find a real person with real experiences that help make them who they are, and also to reach out to the world and to the masses for healing. On today's show, I have Mr. Dick Larson. He's a counselor with a background in education. He addresses the issue of ageless wisdom, teachings, meditation, and practical spirituality in everyday life. Uh, he's been a guest on radio talk shows nationwide, co-hosted a radio program, produced and hosted a series of public access television shows that currently air around the nation. In these difficult times, he sees great hope in the new cosmic cycle of life on Earth and tries to help others see the same. Mr. Larson entertains and inspires as he shares his strong convictions about the future and about a changing world that offers tremendous opportunity in personal growth and positive transformation. Mr. Larson, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tony. Great to be here. Great. Thank you. Um, the first uh, thing that I always ask my guests is, how did your journey begin? How did my journey begin? I grew up as a Christian, loved my church. Um, that was the spiritual side of life. I grew up in a what was then a small town in Minnesota, southern Minnesota. And then the Air Force during the Vietnam War brought me out here to Southern California. Um, and I ended up saying here, I, I finally said, I have shoveled my last snow. <laughs> and so that kept that, uh, that helped me stay here in Southern California. I love it here. Um, I live in the Los Angeles area, not too far from the beach. So I'm very fortunate. And, um, a friend of mine suggested that I come and listen to this lecturer who came to the Los Angeles area. He started in New York then LA and San Francisco once a year. His name was Benjamin Krem, spelled C-R-E-M-E. He's from London. And he came here for over 40 years. Um, I caught him, let's see, the first time I saw him speak was about 25 years ago, 26 years ago. And um, he talked about the present and the spiritual aspects of life now. And then he talked about a great teacher that was going to come forward and help humanity because about every 2,000 years, we get a great teacher to help us with the next step forward. And it's been 2,000 years, uh, actually a little more, since the great teachers Buddha and Jesus came. And so we're due. And so I listened to his talk. I'll tell you, a lot of it went right over my head. But of the 10% or 15% that I was able to grasp really intrigued me and struck me as basic truths and um, answered some questions, by the way, that my religion couldn't answer. And so I was very intrigued, started reading his books, and ultimately became a volunteer for his worldwide organization called Share International. He didn't set himself up as a leader or a great person or anything like that. He just started this organization of co-workers uh, to help 
tell the world about this great teacher and other things uh, of a spiritual nature. And so I became a volunteer, and that's why I am today. There are many of us around the world trying to uh, give people some hope in these dark, dark times. So now I live in Southern California, and this interview is the kind of thing that I love to do. So thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, thank you. We actually uh, search for people like you. Uh, My goal, like I just said, I just want to bring, you know, answers to people, you know, because we're all looking for answers right now, and it's uh, something just deep within us. And so what were the answers that that this offered to you that religion did not? Well, one of them was, um, what is the nature of the soul? And the nature of the soul, he said, now, I should preface this. There are a couple of things I usually start my interviews with, Tony. And okay. if you don't mind, I'd like to get those in. The first is, I'm not here to convince anybody that what I say is true. I'm not dogmatic about this. I think people should believe whatever they believe. And I think they should stay open-minded. And so I'm hoping that people will be open-minded and open the window a crack and let some of what I say come in, not to believe it, but just to kind of process it, run it through their life's experience, through their common sense, and see if any of it makes seems true to them. Um, The second thing that I would like people to know, so I'm not here to cram anything down anybody's throat or get them to believe what I'm saying. Uh, As a matter of fact, please don't believe what I say, because that would be blind belief, and I can't recommend that to anyone. Second thing I always say is the source of my material, my information. The source of my information in primarily is Benjamin Krem, who I ended up knowing for over 25 years, um, meditating with, spending quite a bit of time with uh, him when he came to the U.S. And he was the last of the great teachers that have taught something called the Ageless Wisdom Teachings. The person before Benjamin Krem was a woman named Alice A. Bailey, who wrote about 20 books in the 1930s and 40s. Benjamin Krem has about 17 books on Amazon.com. I'm not here to sell books, but if people are interested and want more information, he's the source for most of my information. Um, I just found what he said to be so common sense and to ring true for me um, that I thought, you know, I need to get involved in, in, in helping others discover this wonderful and hopeful information. So one of the things he said was the nature of the soul. Um, Another thing he did was he described God a little bit, and he said, actually, you can't describe God. (laughs) Um, The Angel's Wisdom says that he is the one about whom nothing can be said, because whatever we say about God limits him or her or it, and we can't do that. So he, he just said that God has many names, but it's all of the energies and laws of the universe um, in a in a being of tremendous energy and love. And so, you know, those were things that I just I never could get out of my religion. Real basic stuff, too, by the way. Right. Um, and so that and other things, I started reading his books and got more involved. Yeah. Wonderful. So. Why would a world teacher come now? Yes, good question. Um, Well, as you know, Buddha taught the will of God. Jesus taught the love of God. This teacher comes to teach God's will. You know, there's an old saying, when the the student is ready, the teacher will appear. And apparently, humanity is now ready to start 
learning and actually doing the will of God. Um, now, we haven't done a very good job of picking up on the love teachings of Jesus. So we've got a lot of uh, uh, backing up to do there as well. So he comes to teach us the will of God and to remind us who we are. See, he says, Tony, that one of the biggest problems in today's world is that we have forgotten who we are. We have forgotten that we're living souls, that we're not human beings having spiritual experiences. We're a spirit having human experience. And that that's who we really are and that we need to act more like the spirit, the divine being that we are. Now, as you know, through evolution, some people in humanity are farther ahead in evolution than, than others of us. We know those great people as Confucius and Jesus and Krishna and Buddha and so on. Um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, is one of the great um, senior members of our spiritual kingdom. Joan of Arc is one of the great senior members of our spiritual kingdom. And these great beings have gone through the human experience ahead of us. And they, they were earthlings and they learned and evolved over thousands of lifetimes. You know, the soul is eternal and it just keeps picking up a body. Every time we're born, it decides where we should be born and based on the purposes of that lifetime. And then we're born and then it remembers where we left off when we die. So we always pick up where we left off, which is kind of a cool, cool idea. This is called reincarnation or rebirth. Um, and so some people think we were animals, we're not. That's called the transmigration of souls. That's a whole different process. So we take these thousands of lifetimes and these people became perfected human beings. They became perfect. They learned all the lessons that planet Earth has to teach us and they didn't need to come back in bodies anymore. So they became permanent members, senior members of our spiritual kingdom. And we call them, the ageless wisdom calls them masters of the wisdom yeah. or lords of compassion. There are many names for them. The spiritual hierarchy, because even in the spiritual universe, people are at different levels. Just like you never stop learning, you know, <laughs> just like we're here on earth at different levels. Um, so are they. So some of us can show our sacredness, act out like our soul more and more than others can. You know, that's, that's the goal of the soul, is to express itself through our mind, our emotions, and our physical being. And it's eternally patient, thank God, <laughs> because some of us take a while, you know, all of us do. Right. And so by the time you realize, I have good news though, by the time you realize you're a living soul or suspect you might be, You've, you've only got, I don't know, maybe a dozen lifetimes left. You're in the final stretch uh, of, of this process called becoming a perfected human being. And then we, too, will become masters of the wisdom, and we will be members of our spiritual kingdom. And so that's the process we're all going through. And we're, some of us are better at expressing our divinity than others. I'm, I'm down there with the common humanity, you know. Right. But, but we're working on it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so why would he come now? Because we haven't learned the lessons. We keep repeating the same mistakes, and we have forgotten who we are. So we can't get rid of war. We can't end starvation, and we can't stop killing the planet. Those are three primary reasons why he comes now, because if, if our activity proceeds unabated, 
we will kill the planet and this planet's evolution will have to start over. We'll kill everything else on this planet. And there's two ways we can do that. We can do that through nuclear war. We can do it through pollution. And so he comes to help us realize that we need to turn things around. Now, he can't wave a magic wand and make everything better because he didn't make the mess. You know, there's something called the law of karma, which in, we call cause and effect. Scientists call it the action, the law of action and reaction. For every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. We call it cause and effect. In the East, they call it karma. Same thing. And what it means is that we create our lives and our circumstances moment to moment, day to day by our actions. So once people really get to understand this law, life's going to get a lot easier. Because if you don't want people to cut you off in traffic, don't cut anybody off. If you want people to let you in the line when you're trying to get out of a driveway into traffic and you want them to stop for you, you stop the next time you see somebody there and then they'll start stopping for you. It's exactly the way karma and cause and effect works. If you want people to be thoughtful of you, be thoughtful of them. If you want people to be kind to you, be kind to them. It's exactly how it works. So with this law of cause and effect, we create our lives Most of our karma, by the time you know your living soul, most of your old karma from previous lifetimes has been burned up through death, through illness, through all kinds of, you know, um, scale balancing measures that the masters have through God's laws. I call it God. You can call it love. You can call it the universe. You can call it whatever you want. It has many names. Um, So anyway, um, yeah, the masters, he doesn't come alone. There are masters with him. And um, so he comes to help us. And it's it's our job to turn this thing around because we made the mess. We have so to let clean me ask it up. You, do you think that, I mean, why would they show up now? I mean, are we in such a mess? Are we at the end now? Or, or what do you think? We're not at the end. That's a good question, Tony. A lot of people think this must be the end. It's not. According to the angel's wisdom, I'm not asking anybody to believe that. But according to the angel's wisdom, this is a change of the ages. Here's how that works. And, and there's a lot of misunderstanding about the ages. This is, not a, this is not the astrology you read in newspapers and magazines for entertainment, as you know. This is about astronomy, the movement of heavenly bodies throughout cosmos. And our solar system is surrounded by 12 huge constellations with tremendous energies. And we call those 12 constellations the Zodiac. And from time to time, our planet and our solar system come into alignment with one of these constellations in this circle around us. Takes about 2,250 years to go from one to the next. And when we're in alignment with one of these constellations, we say we are in the age of whatever that constellation is. Well, every time we enter a new age, we get a teacher for that age, at least one. For the last 2,000 years, we have been in the age of Pisces. And the great teacher, the primary teacher for the age of Pisces was Jesus of Nazareth, who came to teach love and many other things, examples that he lived through his life. He was a living example of God's love uh, to demonstrate for us how we should, what we should aspire to becoming. And so that was 2,000 years ago. Well, 
Uh, if you ask an astronomer, they call this the precession of the equinox, the change of the ages. If you ask an astronomer, they will tell you that in 1625, we started moving out of the influence of Pisces, and we started moving into the influence of the next constellation. It's backwards from what people are used to, Aquarius. <clears throat> Sex 1675, we started moving into the influence of Aquarius. So where we're at right now is those energies are crossing. We're half in and half out. And whenever that happens, Tony, there's chaos on the planet. And that's exactly what's happening now. It's not the end. It's the end of an age. And that's a very traumatic time because here's the thing. And people should know this. Every structure that we have, our healthcare system, our postal system, our government, our educational system, our financial system, every system that you can think of was built using Piscean energy. The two primary energies of Pisces were individuality, man has come out of the herd, and dedication to an ideal. And it was dedication to the ideal of freedom that saved the world from Hitler and Mussolini um, in the 1940s. So the Piscean energy has done its job. Okay, now we're moving into Aquarius. Aquarian energies are quite different. Aquarian energies are group energies. They're the energy of synthesis and cooperation. So here's, what, here's what's happening. Everything that we have was built with Piscean energy, all the structures. Piscean energy is being withdrawn. And so all they can do is collapse. That's all they can do. So the healthcare system doesn't work. The educational system doesn't work. The government isn't representing the people properly. And on and on and on. That's because there's nothing they can do but collapse. And it's our job, that's why we're here now, I think, to rebuild those institutions, to recreate them with the energies of Aquarius, which is cooperation. So, so Piscean energy supported strong individuals, dictators, leaders. Their time is over. They don't know it yet, but their time is over. Right. Aquarius supports group action. That's why people marching in the streets in the United States could save our health care, Obamacare that they wanted to get rid of. People marched in the streets to save it, and they did because Aquarian energy supports group action. So you're going to see things done in groups from now on. The individuals will lack their power and the groups will have all the power. Maitreya, who spoke to a couple of reporters, um, that's the name of the teacher for the age of Aquarius, Maitreya. It's Sanskrit for the one who brings joy. Happy one. And he'd worked, he talked, uh, worked with a couple of reporters um, who have published, this was 30 years ago, when he first got into a physical body on the planet made his own body. He's indestructible. He doesn't need to eat or sleep. He can appear in 27 places at once because they're master scientists. They're masters over all the, the laws of our planet. So, um, so we're in the middle right now. Aquarian energy supports group action. As a matter of fact, Benjamin Krem was in contact. He was taught how to be in contact with one of these masters of the wisdom. And that master told Benjamin Krem that even the president of the United States will no longer be one person. It will be a panel of wise people. That's how far the Aquarian energy is going to take the group experience. So we're going through a cataclysm, a shift right now, a huge shift in the wind, but it's not the end. According to the ageless wisdom, this planet has millions of years to go yet. 
Wow. Well, you know, it's so weird. Or I don't even know how to discuss this uh, or say this, but you're talking about a group of people, a council of people being yes. the governing uh, body. It's awesome to me because that is my wish. I've always said that. Uh, I've For quite a while now, I've been saying government is so broken, we need to totally trash it. We need to start with a council of people that are real people that, you know, the, each person or the person brought to this council is from actual life. You know, you have a black person, a Asian, a gay, uh, you know, a handicapped, everyone all together. And these people, A plumber. Uh, you know? Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, they put us together. Uh, uh, lawyers. I, I love that. So, but let me go a little on the other sure. thing here, the dark side. So in all this, what is the take on coronavirus and everything that's been happening with that and the way people are reacting or refusing vaccinations or whatever? Why? What's happening? Do you yeah, know? What's, hap what's happening is humanity is going through a wilderness experience. The wilderness experience in the Christian Bible was no accident. That was a momentous event and very symbolic. Because we have not been able to learn the lessons of life, we are now being confronted with many of the lessons of life. And one of the, there are things like we need to start taking care of each other. We are our brother's keeper. On your website, you said we are all one. We are connected. Man, I couldn't agree more with that. We're all brothers and sisters. I don't care about your sex preference, your race, your, your income level, your education level. Nothing matters. We're all brothers and sisters. We're all children of the one God by many names, whether it's Buddha or Krishna or whatever you, Muhammad, whatever you call Allah, whatever you call God, the great, right. the one that holds this universe together um, with their mind, although they don't have a human mind, with their will. Um, that That's what we are. And, and we're learning that we should have cared about those people in China. We should have found out about it. We should have been involved. We have worldwide communication now through the Internet. We need to start using it more wisely. Exactly. We need to start taking care of each other. Some countries have a safety net for the poor and, and the elderly, and some countries don't. You shouldn't have to work until you're 80 just to put a roof over your head and food in your mouth. You know, there should be a safety net for people who are done working, for people who are, are, are ill, for people who are have of other issues um, in our society um, so that they have health care and they have, those are his first priorities. Maitreya's first four priorities coming forward to humanity are food for everybody, housing for everybody, health care for everybody, and education for everybody as human rights. You don't have to pay for them, they're free. Right. That's his first four priorities. Really basic stuff. He doesn't come to start a religion. He says, if you're in a religion and it's working for you, great. If you're not, I come for you too. I come for everybody. Right. So he And he comes as purely as a teacher, Tony. He comes purely as a teacher and educator. He will never, and he comes with other masters. Uh, there will be masters in every department of life giving us suggestions. They'll never force us to do anything. Our free will is sacred. Why? Because that's how we learn. We make choices, and then we learn from our choices. The goal isn't to choose right every time. The goal is to learn from every choice. We can learn from a wise choice. We can learn from a poor choice. 
So we have free will. They will never, ever make us do anything or tell us to do anything. They'll make suggestions. They'll say, have you tried this? There'll be a master in government, master in healthcare, master in education. There'll be, there are 14 masters in the world now. And before the age of Aquarius is over, there'll be over 40. And they'll be walking amongst us, talking to us. They'll be available to ask questions. Uh, they'll be in human bodies. There are 14, like I said, on the planet now. Um, one of those that's on the planet right now lives in the outskirts of Rome. The Pope and a couple of cardinals know he's here, but they've been asked not to say anything yet. Because if the Pope says it, all the Catholics in the world will believe it. Yeah. And that is the largest religion in the world, right. uh, the Roman Catholic and the Christian religion. That master in outside of Rome is the master Jesus. He is back, not for the end of the world. He's back to help us relearn love. Actually, as I understand it, Jesus' role in the future will be as the head of the Christian church. He will take St. Peter's place on the, on the throne of the Christian church, and he will be the guide to get the Christian church back on track. All the major religions have lost their way. Too right. much man-made dogma and not enough of the original teachings. Yeah. You know, the, the church was made to serve and to heal. They've done very little serving and almost no healing at all. Right. So so Jesus is going to, people will be able to see him. They'll see him on television. They'll go to stadiums and hear him speak. These, he and the master of Maitreya are wonderful, wonderful friends. They work very closely together. The masters have no ego. So they don't care what you call them if you call them anything. Um, or what you believe. It isn't about belief. It's about actions. Right. And they're going to tour the world individually and together probably at times. But when they come forward, when Maitreya, the world teacher, comes forward, you will see him on TV. And I'll be happy to tell people how you'll know it's him. Wonderful, yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing that, uh, you know, I would hope uh, when this council of people come together... Yes. The thing they really should do in, as a world worldwide thing is every country should take inventory of what they have too much of and what they lack. You share, you know, share and come together. Uh, what's wrong with that? You know, money needs to be out of it. I, I'm so tired of people and, and love of money. Tony, you are right on target with what Benjamin Krem's master said. Oh, oh it's, First of all, the, probably what Maitreya is going to do is come forward after the stock market collapses. He said that our greed will cause a collapse of the stock market very soon. Mm -hmm. And he said when that happens, money will basically disappear for a while. And when money disappears, the heads of government and everybody else are going to say, what do we do now? What do we do now? That would be the perfect time for Maitreya, the world teacher for the age of Aquarius, to come forward and say, I have some ideas because then he will get everybody's attention. If he, if the stock market doesn't collapse, he's gonna come forward anyway. But he's thinking that that would be the best timing. That's what Benjamin Krem shared with us. Um, and, and I understand that. Um, and money will not, he said, <laughs> he said exactly what you said. There will be a department of the United Nations that will go around and take an inventory of every country's production and every country's needs, what they don't produce. Right. And a gigantic worldwide barter system will be set up so that the countries that have excess can provide it to those who need it and get back what that country needs. Yep. And that that's exactly how all the needs around the world will be met. For example, the Western countries have all these grains stored in the silos, all this grain 
stored in all these silos. And if we don't get the right price for it, it rots. Well, that's not going to happen in the future because what's going to happen is that grain is going to get shared. Maitreus said, share and save the world. Sharing. He's not talking about people giving up their life savings or anything like that. He's talking about nations sharing their excess production with those who need it and getting back what they don't produce and what they need. That is how the world's needs are going to be met. And it's exactly what you said, Tony. You blew me away when you said that. You're right on target. Great. Well, let me go yet again back (laughs) to the other side of the thing. So, you know, what about... uh, for everything, I don't know, you know, for what did you say? If for every action, there's a positive, there's a reaction or. Yes, know, an reaction. equal and opposite reaction. Oh, we have world teachers coming in, all, uh, all the, you know, masters coming in. What about yes. the Antichrist or the other side of things? Are they coming also or what's going Great on? Great question. I'm so glad you asked. There's a big misunderstanding about the Antichrist. So let me just straighten that out quickly first. Sure. The Antichrist is not a person. It's an energy. It's an energy intentionally released to break down the old order and pave the way for the new. It's always released through one or more people, but they're not the Antichrist. The energy is the Antichrist. Now, 2,000 years ago, it was released through Nero. If if the Christians who are being and listening here or people who know the Christian Bible, they look in the book of Revelation, they will see the beast 666 mentioned. Well, back in those days, numerology was huge, and every letter represented a number. And if you have a good study Bible, I used to teach Bible study to adults. A good study Bible, I have about three of them. They all say the same thing. The footnote under B666 says 666 were the numbers that made up the name Caesar Nero. Nero was the beast 666 back in those days. Horrible man. Persecuted all the Christians, and as you know, single-handedly destroyed the Roman Empire. I mean, there's an old saying, Rome fiddled, uh, Nero fiddled as Rome burned. Well, he did. This great, great, great Roman Empire, boom, collapsed by because of Nero. Well, the Antichrist energy was released again. That, that, by the way, that paved the way for Christendom, the collapse of the Roman Empire. Now, during our time, the Antichrist, I have good news, according to the ageless wisdom, you don't have to believe this, But the good news is the Antichrist for our time has come and gone. It was released, and if you think about it, everybody knows, it was released through Hitler. Hitler and Mussolini and a couple Japanese generals. The Antichrist energy was released through Hitler, and if you think about it, he did everything that St. John's Book of Revelation said he would do. He fooled people for decades, thinking that he was going to create this perfect Aryan race, this perfect world. He tried to conquer the world, take over the world, and destroy everybody that was in the way. Um, He did everything that that the Bible says he would do, and he was defeated. The Axis powers were defeated by the Allied powers, and that paved the way for the world teacher uh, for the age of Aquarius to come forward. He was hoping to come forward right after the war. But see, we have free will. So the masters know ultimately what's going to happen, but they don't know the timing because we have free will. And what did we do? We created the Cold War. They didn't anticipate that. So then they had to kind of wait and work with that. See, they provide energy and inspiration behind the scenes. They're not up in heaven on some cloud. They're here on the planet. 
There are 63 masters of, associated with Earth's evolution, and they're all in the desert and mountain regions of the world where they don't have to deal with pollution, noise pollution, air pollution. They can focus. They don't need to eat or sleep. They work 24 hours a day. They each have their area of the plan that they help inspire us to create and progress. All the great artists, musicians of the past were all inspired by one or more of the masters um, to help humanity get new ideas and to progress. And so that's what they've been doing. Gotcha. And do you think that, uh, I mean, what do they have to say about our future? Do they say anything? I mean, I know you said we have free will and it could change, yeah. but do they give us a little snapshot of what possibly may happen? Depending on yes. What. Yes. And I just want to conclude that other part, which I left up. Oh, sorry. So the good news is the, the angels, the, the Antichrist for our time has come and gone. Now, people are going to call Maitreya the Antichrist. Some will call Jesus the Antichrist, but, but they're mistaken. You know, they, there's tremendous ignorance around this whole idea. Now, what do they say about the future? One of God's great laws is the law of balance or equilibrium. There are great laws like rebirth and reincarnation, a cause and effect, or karma. Um, equilibrium, the law of love, huge law. Um, I'd love to talk about the energy of love sometime because it binds things together. You can see it in relationships. You can see it in nations. Um, then, then there's equilibrium. And what that law says is that however bad it's been in the past, the opposite of that is how good it's going to be in the future. We have a glorious, wonderful, free, loving, cooperative, healthy future in store for humanity. We just have to get through this transition so the masters can come forward. I think they're going to come forward within five years. Gotcha. Now, I don't. that's not official. Benjamin Cram passed away several years ago um, after, after teaching this for over 40 years. Um, so there's nothing official about that, but it's just my, my take on the situation could be in one year. Um, and I'll tell people how they'll know him when he does come forward. But yes, he says, we have a brilliant future ahead of us. We're going to, we have to stop pollution and we will, we have to stop starvation. That'll be the first thing to end, by the way, according to Benjamin Krem's master, there are already plans for how to feed the world and how to encourage the world to grow their own food. Um, but it's, they're not going to bring this plan forward until, and people have drawn up these plans, they're not going to bring it forward until we're ready to act on it, which will be as soon as the masters come forward. When Maitreya comes forward, he said starvation will end within two years, that quickly. Wow. So the future for humanity is incredibly bright. <laughs> we have, we're going to be peaceful. We're going to have all of our needs met, not all of our wants, but all of our needs met. We're going to aim a little lower in terms of possessions, property, and so on. And we're going to aim a lot higher in terms of taking care of each other and caring for each other and helping each other. Service is going to be one of the code words of the future. By the way, the Ageless Wisdom says that the royal road to spiritual growth is meditation and service. Now, meditation is not for everybody. But you won't know until you try it. <laughs> so I suggest you try it. You can do a simple little 15-minute meditation every morning where you just focus at the Ajna Center between your eyebrows and think OM when your attention wanders. Just think it. Don't say it out loud. That's a chant. It's a whole different energy. You just think 
Om. The O sets up a vibration in your heart center and your throat center. And the M, if you go, mm, you'll feel your head buzz. Sets up a vibration in the two head centers. Ajna center between the eyebrows and the crown at the top of the head. Meditation and service. Gotcha. Well, Mr. Larson, I love talking to you, but we're actually almost out of time. Uh, but I just wanted to make sure that you let everyone know how they can get a hold of you and your information uh, about the organi organization that you're involved with. Yes. Um, they can't get a hold of me personally because I'm just one of many who are doing this work. And I'm not, it's not about me, it's about the story. It's about informing people what, what they're in store for. Um, but they can go to the website, the Share International website. Um, I think I'll just start them with the U.S. one. It's share-international.usa.org. Share-international.usa.org. Or they can go to the main website. It's old. It's an old website, but it's loaded with new information. Um, we're, we're refurbishing it. And that's share-international.org. Wonderful. Yeah. Now, may I say how they'll know Maitreya when he comes forward? Oh, yes, please. Please, yes. Thank you. He's kind of he's coming in what he calls his Day of Declaration. And on the Day of Declaration, he will be on worldwide satellite radio and television. That's what the satellites are up there for. They're up there for this event, not for World Cup soccer. <laughs> and everybody who has a TV or radio will hear his words. If you have a TV, you'll see his face. Even workers in the field will hear his words in their head telepathically. And here are three ways that you'll know it's him. He's going to give a worldwide press address, uh, a press conference. And he is going to, you'll, you'll see his face on TV. The first way is, but his lips won't move. You'll hear him speaking in your head in whatever your native language is, but he won't be actually talking physically. It'll be a very kind of strange experience. You'll be going, He's not talking, but I'm here. Are you hearing him? I'm hearing him. That'll be the first way you know it's him. Telepathic communication. Mm -hmm. The second way you'll know it's him is that while he's speaking, he is going to, he embodies the love of God. He's going to send out the love of God around the world so much. He said it will be so powerful. It will be as this, if I physically embrace you, mm -hmm. you'll feel the love of God in your heart like you've never felt it before. A lot of people will be crying. I'll probably be one. Oh, wow. And the third way you'll know it's him is that after he's done speaking for 25, 35, 45 minutes, nobody knows for sure, there will be press reports from around the world that while he was speaking, hundreds of thousands of people were miraculously healed. Mm -hmm. And in these three ways, you'll know that this is the world teacher. It'll be a very personal experience and that you can either follow his suggestions or not. We have free will and it's up to each of us to decide how, how we're going to respond. But he's going to start making suggestions. During this time, by the way, during this 25, 35 minutes, he's going to give us a glimpse of the past. We'll see it in our mind's eye and show us where we lost our way. And he's going to give us a glimpse of the brilliant, glorious future in store for humanity to inspire us to action. It'll be a great, great day. Church bells will be ringing all around. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you very much for being on our show. And... Uh, Definitely have to invite you again for more conversation because I feel like we really didn't get a chance to talk about everything. I want to I want to compliment you, Tony, on your courage for having me on. Oh, hey. <laughs> this is people have to fasten their seatbelts if they're going to listen to what I have to say. 
Wonderful. I love it. Thanks, Tony. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, Our thanks to Dick Larson for being on the show. And thank you to all of you for tuning in and listening to us. Love and light from all of us here at Healing From Within.